and we're back again with wild humanity and i'm here junie j just to check in with you guys how are you guys feeling out there i know i cannot hear you and get your responses but you can always tap in by emailing me or commenting on instagram posts or messaging me anything like that so that we can stay connected because i'd love to get to know my followers and my listeners and i think it'd be a great thing to just build that community so today we're going to talk about black sheeps in the family i think that we're all kind of familiar with the concept and if you are not the black sheep is basically referring to the outcast referring to the person who a lot of people in the family maybe um are not fans of or maybe have had bad run-ins or just a lot of different things a lot of different factors and we're going to kind of talk about those today and my view of being a black sheep in the family being raised by a black sheep um, what that kind of looks like because my parents honestly were black sheeps for different reasons um, in my opinion of course these are all my opinion my perspective my point of view it is my podcast um, so I'm just giving my perspective growing up in the family that I did being the black sheep family in the family <laughs> that makes any kind of sense um, for the people out there so for me I think that some of the causes I've kind of determined that create a black sheep are personalities parentage and sometimes a persona or assumptions um so we'll break all of those down you know piece by piece but personality is definitely one of those bigger ones right because each of us have our own personalities and sometimes it can be kind of difficult to deal with someone's personality if you've had to deal with it for your whole childhood and you know teenage life and then you become adult and you don't want to deal with that personality anymore you don't want to be associated with that kind of um display of behavior right but when you're a kid you don't really have a choice you know you're wherever your parents tell you you're supposed to be or your guardian tells you you're supposed to be um and that's just what it is but you as a child are still perceptive enough to know like oh this personality type people are not really gravitating towards people are not really um finding endearing um, they find it maybe a little bit abrasive if you're walking around arrogant and with your head in the clouds and thinking that, you know, your way or the highway is the only option that people should really have. And I think that over time, especially in families, because it's not like your coworkers, not like you can choose where you're working, right? These are people that spirit, God, Allah, whoever you believe in, put into your life because are you were put into theirs even um, if you want to look at it from that perspective for various reasons so some of those personalities maybe in hindsight were there to help you grow there to help you sharpen tools of of what i would say resiliency sometimes um not saying that like all out abuse is something that like oh you just had to work through i'm definitely not saying that but i think that there are some personality types um that they teach you how to work with other people i mean when you do choose to work at a job and say it's your dream job are you going to quit because somebody acts like your dad or acts like your mom or acts like your cousin or acts like your aunt no it's your dream job like this is where you want to be so you need to learn how to navigate being there right um i think parentage moving on to the next point i think parentage also sometimes has a uh an effect in the black sheep kind of realm especially if you're uh the mother, excuse me, the mother, the child of a mother who was a, um, what do I say, mistress, um, or 
you know, women in the community look down upon you because you're not as affluent or even men, you know, maybe you don't have the same kind of career path or the same income flow that other men have. Um, And so they being your family, you know, once you've introduced a person that they maybe think are less than and you decided, you know, I love this person. I want to be with this person. This person loves me. You know, we we've decided we want to be a family. Um, You know, you're what I want to say. I don't even know the right word for it, but the family that you came from uh, may be distancing themselves because they don't agree with who you decided to start your new family with. Um, if that makes sense. So sometimes it creates that black sheep kind of um, aesthetic, so to speak. We'll keep it that way. And lastly, um, we'll talk about personas a little bit, right? So the assumptions that people make, right? So I know for me personally, um, <laughs> for me personally, because I had both parents in my household uh, for the majority of my life, a lot of people, a lot of my family members, my cousins and things like that, a lot of them assumed that like my life was peachy keen, completely perfect. And believe me, I wasn't like abused or nothing like that. But there are challenges I never got a chance to really talk to anyone about um, having a two parent household because there wasn't necessarily anybody who related to that. And when I say two parent household, a lot of my family, they shack up, but they don't get married. Um, and if they do, they get married when they're in their forties and their kids are damn near grown, if not grown. Um, so a lot of what people assumed, especially cause my parents married twice, um, was that, you know, oh, these, these, these two really got it down pat. They really love each other. They really, you know, and I'm not saying my parents don't or did not, but what I'm saying is a lot of people made assumptions and I'm not saying my parents did a great job of, uh, negating assumptions or, you know, having a more humble persona. My dad in particular is not a very humble person at all. Um, so I think that sometimes that also creates that black sheep dynamic, um, that persona or those assumptions that people make about what your household has going on, you know, when you're coming to family dinners and holidays and things like that. Um, so those are just some causes I think that I've kind of devised reviewing this topic and kind of just thinking about this topic some more excuse me that burp was gross um the reality of it though when it really comes down because every and this is not just like a black family thing either so let's just clarify white people have black sheeps in their family asian latino indian everybody has you know um you know people in their family that you know maybe aren't the outcast Um, so the reality of it is it destroys families. It, it can utterly destroy family lineages. Um, especially, uh, just back to my family, we have a step grandmother and let's just say she's wrecked the dynamic since my grandfather passed away a few years ago in epic proportions. And so it's difficult if there was already a rift to even come back from that, um, and the prevalence in ethnic families that have black sheep kind of dynamics is kind of interesting too, because I think that one poignant black thing is that like we hold grudges over small things to the point of devastation. 
when we look around at our communities and we look at some of the small beefs that people have and even the bigger ones, if we really get down to the root of it, some of these things can be a conversation. They don't necessarily have to be a fight or uh, a stabbing or a shooting or anything like that within a family when we could have just communicated with one another better. Um, and not only that, I think that the fact that communication is lacking, it also creates this very difficult economic effect in, in our community, black community specifically. I can't speak for, you know, any other community, but the one I am a part of. But I think that if we put our pride aside, we talked about envy, we talked about judgment, we talked about things honestly and from a place of truth and love instead of from a place of religious judgment, which is a lot of the places that people are coming from, um, to be totally honest, people are coming from type of some type of religious judgment in family dynamics. And there's no way to build a business with someone that you don't and can't agree with so now we're seeing all of these ppp loans run all over the place and everybody's popping up businesses and things like that but the question is you know and this is not for everybody because there are family dynamics that are really great at showing up for one another and i applaud them totally and wholly but for the majority you had to create family outside of family in order to make your dreams come true. And that doesn't necessarily breed longevity. Um, Sometimes you got to think like a white man and white men tend to keep things in the family. Sometimes, unfortunately to the most perverted level, AKA Donald Trump. But when I say business, I mean, let's talk about business, right? They like to keep things in the family, have an heir, have a successor, it's difficult to have that when everybody around you is just your friend they're not your family by blood and not saying that you always can trust blood, but you have to make sure that if you are going to build a business, try to keep it within your family line so that it can continue to be somewhat yours. Even when you pass on, because the, the thought and the initiative started with you, right? It's not, Oh, you passed on and then it went to so-and-so who was a great friend but now they've completely changed it from what your idea was because the whole time they was lurking and just waiting for you to fall so I think we have to really recover a lot of the family dynamic we need to we need to recover that and talking about being the black sheep talking about why people maybe um what do I want to say? Sorry, y'all, I got something in my teeth. Um, that creates financial ruin and economic instability because we're communal people. Like, although we work and live in this capitalistic system, we have to acknowledge the fact that we need communities in order for any of these systems to work. We need systems in order for these these things to exist in our lives. And the same thing goes for trying to build longevity and any kind of community camaraderie. We have to have tough conversations about why family dynamics are the way they are. I mean, we can even look at Russell Simmons and Kamora Lee Simmons and how that that 
not even necessarily a family. Like they, they're divorced, been divorced for years, but the rift that has been created has become so publicized that now, you know, his daughters are having things to say against him. Right. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't because me and my dad have had a tumultuous relationship since I was a teenager. But the fact that that couldn't be handled behind closed doors, like a Paris Hilton was handled behind closed doors. We can't say that it wasn't like she was out here wilding with Nicole Richie back in the early 2000s, having her blast, blah, blah, blah. But you can't say that the Hiltons didn't pull her to the side and say, hey, you about to lose this, this inheritance if you don't straighten up and fly right. And what did she do? We ain't seen Paris in a tabloid on some negative stuff in over a decade. So that's my point is that, yeah, you're going to have family dynamics that are crazy. You're going to have rifts. You're going to have kids that act out. But you handle that shit behind closed doors. You don't try to embarrass one another to the point of, of devastation. You, you don't do that. And then even still... <laughs> even still I talk to my mom about this all the time because uh she's very much so religious and so when it comes to why our generation doesn't come to church and doesn't do things I can't speak for everybody else and I can't speak for everyone's experience but the hypocrisy is real and this older generation thinking that you know all they did was the right thing in xyz well if all you did was the right thing then why are your children so wrong in what they're doing why are you passing judgment on what they they do when a lot of the times they either saw you do it or they weren't around you. So they just figured out what to do based off of necessity. So that that black sheep, even creating that dynamic in your immediate family with your children, it can be toxic because you negate and deny your human culpability to make bad decisions. And we all make bad decisions before we've all done that. But that's a little bit off topic. So we'll get back to what we were talking about here. When it comes to being a black sheep and we're going to, I guess, dive a little bit into myself. Um, for a while, I just didn't know if it was like something I was doing or if it was just who I was by nature of who my parents are. Um, and so I still kind of struggle with that. I mean, I'm still pretty much the black sheep of the family. I only talk to like a couple cousins here and there. Um, and I love the relationships that we've built even though they're not physical relationships because everybody lives a little bit everywhere, um, needless to say. But I, uh, as a child, I struggled with that. I definitely struggled with that because I was raised as the only child, even though I have five other siblings. Um, I didn't see them a whole hell of a lot. My dad didn't make it a point to make sure that we got to know each other over the years. Um, and when he did mention it, it was more so my responsibility to connect with my older siblings, um, to, to build that bridge, to try to talk to them. Um, it was never like, oh, well, I'm going to get us all together for a holiday or we're going to go rent out something, you know, in a good location and everybody's going to come in. Like that wasn't that wasn't the thing that he ever did. It was more so throwing it on my shoulders like I was the one who went out and made these babies. Um, and so from a sibling standpoint, that was kind of where I stood for many years, probably until I graduated college a couple of years ago, well, more than a couple of years ago. Um, and I got to connect with my older sister and we've been close ever since. Um, and that's, it's really been refreshing to have her in my life and to have that kind of a bond because 
I didn't know how to, to do that. Like I literally genuinely did not grow up in a household where connecting with people was important. Um, honestly and truthfully. And, and I mean that in like a real sense, like, a lot of stuff was very surface level. My mom and dad are not big on, you know, having a lot of people in their home, um, you know, hosting things, hosting events, all that sort of stuff. They're not very big on it. They're not very keen on it. Um, will they, of course, contribute when they're invited to places? Of course, but they're not big on hosting and creating those bonds and all that. Like, I mean, even my godmother, like, can't remember the last time I had a conversation with her. Um, so... When I look at some of my friends' dynamics, as that when I got to college and I was just kind of like abruptly put into places where it's like, oh, well, no, this is your friend and we're friends and we're all like, this is what we're doing. We look out for each other. And this is, it was a lot. It's a, it was an adjustment. Like, I really did not know how to move. Um, did not know, you know, proper etiquette. Did not know a lot of stuff. Um, and was kind of just learning on the fly and still being my full, well, not even my full self. I can't even lie and say in college I was my full self. In college, I was my wounded self, um, and I took it out on a lot of people, lashed, at all, lashed out at a lot of people. So I'm grateful for the friends that have stuck by my side and, and been with me and who have become sisters to me um, over the years. But like I said, I didn't know if it was me growing up or if it was who I was because of who my parents are. Um, so I had a lot of uh, conflicting thoughts, a lot of self-doubt. Um, a lot of questioning and apprehension, you know, being the black sheep of the family, the black sheep cousin of the family, at least, because like I said, I think my parents are black sheeps for different reasons. Um, I think a lot of people think my mom is the favorite or was the favorite when my grandparents were alive. Um, <clears throat> and my dad, he can just be a giant tool, to be totally, can, totally honest. Um, he can be a real jerk. So I can see why people wouldn't really care for him or his company. Um but then seeing that sort of stuff, right? Cause I'm like always around my parents, always around my parents. Always, I started to think like, well, maybe I'm not worthy of connections. I'm not worthy of relationships. I'm not worthy of bonds and friendships that last five, 10, 15 plus years. Um, when I would look around and people would be like, oh yeah, no, I've known her for 10 years. I've known her since I was five. I've known her since I was three. You know, like I don't have that. I don't. And like I said, it, it's taken me this many years, it's taken me to this big age, I guess, um, to really settle in with that not being a deficiency and it being a growing point. Um, and that I am able to grow. I don't have to stay in one mindset or one perspective about myself for the rest of my life. Like I am always eternally a work in progress. And I forgot that. I did. I forgot that for a little bit. Um, and on all accounts, I don't think that people that don't know me would assume that I don't feel successful. Um, when you would look at my resume or if you knew me when I was in school, high school or college, like you would not think that in my mind I was not successful. Um, always brought home the grades, always did the assignments, always showed up where I was supposed to be. Maybe a little late, but I was still there. Um, I think that success for me is, has yet to really be defined, but being able to heal that family wound within myself by voicing what I went through, I think 
is going to be one of those first steps. Um, and I'm really, I'm really excited about it. At first I was nervous. My anxiety, oh my gosh, I let the anxiety of not having a close family not allow me to get close to the friends, to friends the way I wanted to. Like honestly and truthfully thinking that because what I would see my mom do, like, I mean, my mom is a one and done type of person, especially with stores or restaurants or anything like with people. I mean, she, she's very tenuous about how much energy she's going to put into a relationship. She's kind of like, "Mm, well, yeah, I mean, I kind of liked hanging out with so-and-so it was cool, but I don't know if I'm going to do it again. And it's just like, well, no, I mean, try one more time. See if it's, see if it's you know I always have to be the voice of reason with her the devil's advocate so to speak um but I did I let that anxiety captivate me for years where it's just like no I mean nobody's really gonna get what I'm talking about or really understand where I'm coming from um especially like the loss that I've I suffered early on in my my um, college career and I decided to close myself And I didn't realize that that like closing of myself started in like 2015 and did not conclude until I finished college. And then I was really like closed off. And then when I stopped being around my college friends or being in a college atmosphere and having my big girl job and all that sort of stuff, I really was like closed. Like I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to get to know new people. I don't think new people are for me. I don't even think people are for me. It was a really depressive state to be in, to be totally honest because it created a space for a lack in self-trust where I could tell myself oh I'm going to wake up early I'm going to do a self-massage I'm going to stretch I'm going to get a cup of tea all these sort of things and then when I didn't do it I had no accountability partner I could slack off and who who's going to say anything nobody so that lack of that self-trust was lacking it was one of those things where I was not holding myself to a standard to which I know I can perform and I know I'm deserving of the results from and not knowing and not having the building blocks of like family structure, like bigger family structure. Although I have a, for some people I would consider my family kind of large. I have a bigger family. Um, it's a struggle. It really, it really does create this mindset of deficit. Um, And making you retrace your steps, um, ask yourself where you learn certain things from, and really, truly, and this is what has been kind of paramount in the past couple of months, reflect on what the result was from the behavior you, you observed, right? So for instance, when I was a kid, vivid, very, very, very vivid memory. My mother was a disciplinarian. My dad was the fun person. I know a lot of people who had two-parent households have a similar kind of story. Um, but my dad was always smiling. My mom used to call him the Kool-Aid man. He was always jolly. He was always happy. Had a beautiful smile. My mom, always frowning. Always a look of disappointment. Always this cold stare or glare. Um, and so as I got older, I started to mimic that that glare, that frown, because for a long time, I didn't know how to frown. I was around my dad so much like, oh, I was always smiling. I remember one thing my mom told me was, oh, you smile too hard. Your teeth aren't like your dad's, right? And so that also made me think like, hey, maybe smiling too much is not a good thing, right? When it's like, nah, people have crooked smiles all the time. 
and they smile and they're just as beautiful as someone who who you know has a straight smile and you want to know why it's because the energy that came from that was genuine was beautiful it was it was authentic and for a moment for a long moment I let that authenticity die and with it I died a little bit too um reminds me of if anybody watches Avatar towards you know the end of season three when he's like learning firebending him and Zuko go to visit the you know original firebenders dragons and whatnot and and Aang is trying to carry this tiny tiny flame up this mountain (laughs) and up these stairs and Zuko tells him like it's not gonna last because your your flame is too small right and that really spoke to me especially being a fire sign especially being an Aries which is a cardinal fire sign the first zodiac of the year it really spoke to me because I was like damn like I really did let my fire kind of dwindle out and it's almost embers and that can't happen that can't happen I can't allow myself to dwindle into obscurity because I let anxiety or depression win because I felt like I was the black sheep of the family and so for me I think success is possible not only because I do endeavor to heal parts of myself and parts of those wounds but also because I know looking forward I can define who my family is even if they're not blood related to me like while I would love to make amends with the blood family that I care for I don't know how to do that just yet if anybody wants to send some tips tricks conversation points that'd be wonderful um but I do know and I have a sense of invigoration knowing that here forth I can choose who my family is and in a way they they've already chosen me by being by my side through through a lot of tough and dumb shit I will say I've done a lot of dumb shit and I'm tired of doing dumb things (laughs) so to speak um I think one of the other cool points is like I mean I say I don't know how to do all you know the healing of that portion but I think one cool point I do look forward to is as adults looking back at some of the memories we have joined you know from childhood and being able to look at it from an adult point of view um and honestly you know being able to unpack misconceptions because that's that's really what in my mind black sheeps deal with it are misconceptions um And those misconceptions become microaggressions and sometimes larger aggressions. Uh, And it's unfortunate that, at least as black people, some of the rifts that I've seen have started from women. Um, Actually, the majority of rifts have started because of women. It's not necessarily men throwing around their bravado. it's it's genuinely been women. <laughs> I mean, to be totally honest, I mean, I'm, I have a, like I said, a step-grandmother. And that basically how that worked was my granddaddy had three children. 
with my mother's mother and he had one older son outside of that um, before he had the three with my grandmother my mother's mother my mother's mother passed away from a botched abortion when she was 26 years old and my granddaddy you know went on to be papa's rolling stone moving on with his life he didn't really you know have a lot of kids and stuff like that necessarily he just had a lot of women my mom talks about all the time like he had a lot of women but one in particular my grand my step my step grandmother um she muscled him into a ring right and we won't get all into the deep part of lineage and bloodlines and whatnot but I think it's quite interesting the dynamics that were created because one woman's despise of a child in particular my mother uh, my mother fought my step-grandmother when she was a teenager and got subsequently kicked out and had to come back to Cincinnati to live with her grandmother um, to finish high school and everything so it was one of those things like I said a lot of stuff starts with women and I think in the step family dynamic it gets tougher especially because my mom favored her mother very very much so um she looks like her mom like almost dead on um and she looks like her dad so it's just one of those things where I think that when step family dynamics are introduced there's a lot of conversations that need to be had about structure about discipline about respect about and when I say respect I mean not just like oh you respect your stepmom or stepdad like no you need to respect this child as well because they're being put into a dynamic that they're probably still trying to process and trying to understand um and needs to be handled with care and so that's why I say like a lot of the rifts in the family dynamics that I've seen have been on the backs of women um and so I actually am starting this book called Sisterhood Heals um, it was written by, I can't remember her name. I wish I could remember her name, but she has a podcast called Therapy for Black Girls. She's really, really great. Um, and just starting the book really helped me unpack, like, oh my gosh, where did some of this start? Where did some of this feeling of angst around women start? Um, and a lot of it started with family. Um, so I definitely, if the future has it, if fate, allows it look forward to having those conversations with my adult cousins about our perspective on how things played out at holiday dinners and vacations when we go to Tennessee things like that uh, because children are observant and I think that we deny that and we deny that part of ourselves, of course, when we become adults, we put on those masks, we become mature and go to work and all that sort of stuff and play sports and all that great thing. Um, but like our child memories are still in there and they're still very prominent. And I honestly can say that my grandparents were a large refuge for me. Um, getting a little emotional. Hold on a second. All right, and we're back. Sorry, got a little choked up, you guys. Can't promise it won't happen again. I miss my grandparents on both sides tremendously. Excuse me. Um, when I was young, I used to stay with my great-grandmother a lot. And so she always used to have Honey Nut Cheerios. That was the thing. But 
the catch was you either had to eat it dry or with coffee creamer or I mean water if you really wanted it that bad but I would choose coffee creamer because she'd always buy french vanilla coffee creamer and it used to taste heavenly and I would be bouncing off the walls by the time my mom got back I think she used to do it on purpose honestly but now that I think about it but I used to stay with her a lot watch the soaps just hang out with her used to really and this is, this is why I said like I have to really dive deep into some of these memories that I've blocked out from traumatic incidents over the years and things of that nature. But I used to pretend to be either Judge George Mathis or Judge Judy. Um, and my stuffed animals would be, you know, the plaintiff and the defendant. Um, and it's just crazy to think about that. Like, wow, this was so long ago. I was so young, but I knew that I wanted to do something with law and I got detracted from that over the years for many different reasons. Um, we won't even go and hash down all those, but it's so good to be open to growing out of victimizing myself and being the black sheep and accepting that that may be what was needed and what I've always needed. Uh, was to kind of be the outcast and to develop my own family from the friends and the people I've met along the way who have shown care for me in that way. Um, it's just really crazy to think about, to be totally honest, to look at all the holiday dinners that we used to have in my granny's house. Uh, and it was always Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. I still cook the New Year's dinner um, in her honor every year. And I really just think that the connections I do have with the family that I've talked to and have known for years, I'm just going to pour into those relationships more. I'm going to reach out to those people more um, and just show my appreciation for how much they've shaped who I am although we weren't always in close proximity or maybe we didn't talk every day or every week or every month or every year, damn near, <laughs> to be totally honest. Um, I'm just in a good place mentally, although this is a tough topic for me. This is something that I didn't think I would ever really have the gumption to discuss um, because I always felt like I was complaining. But honestly, I'm looking at it from a place of gratitude instead of saying oh I have to try to get to know family members and things like that no I'm I get to know family members more I get to create a family of my own out of my friends and I am completely appreciative of those opportunities especially since I burned a lot of bridges over the years I've definitely done some things out of pain and out of anger um that that in some people's mind I can't come back from and I respect that it's not on my time it's on their time um if they ever decide that I am deserving of a relationship with them again um but yeah my grandparents were definitely my refuge definitely my refuge my meemaw zany woman but good heart um she suffered from Alzheimer's in her later years but still a good person. A uh, little stuck on herself, but what Leo isn't.
to close out this is a pretty short episode it's just kind of a food for thought kind of episode actually before we close out I totally forgot I had this question are we more honor bound than our white counterparts as people of color or is it envy or vengeance that makes us hold on to grudges the way that we do is it something that like I talked about earlier you know women have been the proponent of family demises over the years as I've seen it in one way or another and the real question is it is it an honor thing is it this person has vexed your morals and principles and values so egregiously that they could never come back from it or is it that this person is who you want to be or they do things you want to do um and or maybe they've hurt you in a way you want to get them back uh is that is that really what motivates us to hold on to grudges and families and and how do we get around that how do we get past that um how do we let go I think that that is is the the biggest question and I do think that my pristine pussy play of the day will be forgiveness heals the pussy too um I think that we ignore the buildup of emotional and psychological trauma and angst and how that turns into physical ailment um for example my great aunt grace is the only woman in my family to have suffered from breast cancer she survived um but she's the only person in my family to have suffered and that woman is one of the most vindictive spiteful hold on to a grudge type of woman I've ever met in my life um so I really do think that there is stock in your emotional repression turning into your physical decay um so to that effect especially for black women because we have such a higher rate of feminine health issues at such a younger age if you are listening to this start to dig deep into that forgiveness start to dig into what makes you feel whole and how you can pour into those connections and those relationships and those hobbies and those outlets so that you can release because this generation we have to release what our grandmothers and our mothers and our great-grandmother what they went through they went through a lot we can never ever discredit that or or ignore it but we have to acknowledge the fact that we're a generation that needs to be able to let go and to be able to move forward and to look forward and to grow our families and therefore our communities in prosperous ways instead of in in harmful ego-driven ways um but that's that's pretty much all i had to say to to close out for today's uh topic about being a black sheep of a family or of a sibling group or anything um there are ways to work through it so thank you guys for listening again to wild humanity i'm completely appreciative of your your ear and your engagement and look forward to more content coming out definitely have merch already out hoodies coffee mugs and journals especially for these cooler months definitely a great time to go inward and be introspective and really unpack some things Thank you.